Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Welcome to Think Humanities podcast. If it's spring in Kentucky, everyone knows it's time for horse racing. And along with horses, Keeneland's beautiful track, and the anticipation of who is going to win the Kentucky Derby come stories and tales that trace the storied history of horse racing in Kentucky and in other locations. One of those stories is about the horse race of the century. Racing for America is James Nicholson's latest in a series of books published by the University Press of Kentucky. That series also includes the Kentucky Derby, how the run for the roses became America's premier sporting event, and Never Say Die, a Kentucky Colt, the Ebsen Derby, and the rise of the modern thoroughbred industry. James Nicholson teaches history at the Bluegrass Community and Technical College. He has a PhD from the University of Kentucky and is the editor of the University Press of Kentucky's Horses in Histories uh, History series. James, welcome to the podcast. Is is this your favorite time of the year? It's, it's one of them. <laughs> Besides the allergies, I, I, I love springtime in, in Kentucky. Um, tell me about your your relationship with the horse and how long it goes back. You're you're steeped in uh, knowledge and historical fact, and uh, although you don't teach it, you just write it. But just give me a general idea of uh, of your love for uh, writing about the horse industry. Well, I grew up on a on a farm with with horses, uh, so it, it 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 goes back a long ways. When I was very young, they were kind of just uh, backdrop. I was more interested in the creek and the trees and the fences to climb but uh i i found my way by accident really writing about horses started with a, a graduate research seminar and i was just in in need of a of a topic and i was encouraged to uh, choose something local and choose something that that you know and it one thing led to another and uh i i started uh, in, investigating why the Kentucky Derby became a big deal. And uh, I, I enjoyed the writing process and enjoyed the, um, enjoyed the topic and, and kind of went from there. Are there a lot of people writing about the horse industry in America or for that matter, the world today? There are, but it's, but it's, as with with other topics and industries, it's it's changing. There there are plenty of people on uh, online and in different different kinds of, of platforms, and and uh, unfortunately, there there some of them are are writing books, and and uh, and there many of them are, are very good. Is there a difference in covering sports, uh, covering uh, the sport of uh, kings of horse racing? and writing a, a full-length uh, book on a particular incident, or for that matter, on something as, as broad and as grand as the Kentucky Derby? My experience is in is, is 
mostly in in book format. So I, um, but I think there is the the a, a journalist's job is to is to describe the action and uh, at least what I've tried to do is is take a take a broader look at when when I'm writing about a, a horse racing topic I, I'm I'm interested in in for one how how people are understanding interpreting what what a particular horse might might be in the, in the sense of uh, I've, I've, I've written somewhere that, that horse racing is kind of unique in, in sports because the, the the athlete can't talk and so it's it's the job of of journalists and later uh, historians or mythologizers to, to explain what that horse meant and 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 for many people they they there's only so many boxes you can put a horse in he's a he's an aristocrat he's a he's an underdog he's um but but the the kinds of stories that that journalists write in, in a given era or or about a given horse to me tells a lot about the audience that 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 writer thinks that that they're writing for um so it's I suppose it's 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 the same task to write about um, writing about about horse racing, but but when when you're taking a more historical perspective, there's only so many ways you can describe uh, horses running around an oval, and uh, so I to me the, the the broader perspective is is if if not more interesting, just different. When you began. Um writing about uh the the industry about horse racing about uh some of the personalities did you find uh, a large body of work uh waiting for you um waiting for others who wanted to know about the history of of not only horse racing but of the thoroughbred industry and uh, of the business itself uh, is there a large body of work out there somewhere yes and no um keeneland Library is a is a phenomenal resource, and uh, they have a, a an extensive collection of of industry publications. Um, so in that sense, there's there's plenty out there. And and with uh, when when I started, it was it was microfilm, and now a lot of every year there's more. Uh, digitized newspapers, which makes the task both easier and 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 harder. Um, so there is enough information. The the on the one hand, but on the other, a lot of it was was generated by the um, by the participants, by the industry, by um, by people writing and recording with a with a particular purpose, and so if you're if, if you're trying to see around um, those records, there, there there hasn't been a lot uh, of, of 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 people writing. I I hesitate to use the word critically because that, that's not really what I mean, but but um, just trying to trying to seek a different a different angle, tell a different story than the than the 
the inherited wisdom would would tell. Is the the Keeneland Library a repository of of all things racing uh, of of the thoroughbred, or is it particularly targeted uh, for Keeneland and and the surrounding uh, bluegrass area? No, it's it's um, their collections in, encompass racing in in America and 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 worldwide. Really, it's a it's it, it's quite a quite a facility. I, I would encourage anybody to to visit if if you haven't. The, the staff the professionals there are are uh, expert, and it's 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 a wonderful resource. And uh, you're telling me something. Um, although I've been to Keeneland several times, many times. I've never been to the library, which is um, a mistake on my part. It's open to the public. It is, um, and and people can you can uh, you can do research there. You can just they, they have small exhibits, um, and it's a it's a beautiful building and facility. It's worth uh, poking your your head in. Well, tell me about uh, your latest uh, work uh, for the University Press of Kentucky, which is in the the series that you are the editor for, Racing for America, the Horse Race of the Century and the Redemption of a Sport. Um, tell me about uh, the, the genesis of, of, of this work, how long you've been uh, researching it, and, and uh, about, uh, indeed, the, the Horse Race of the Century. Well, I, I started, it was probably three or four years ago, and it my research began on a, as it, as it often does on a, on a different topic. And, and I just found my way to, to, to this one. I, I kept, kept coming back to it and it seemed more and more interesting to me. And this is a, this is the story of a, of the people and, and horses involved in, in a match race in, in 1923 between the winners of the Kentucky Derby and the Epsom Derby, uh, England's big horse race for three-year-olds, which was the, the, the model for, for the Kentucky Derby. Um, and the, the American horse was named Zev. This, this, this match race um, was, was held in, at Belmont Park in, in New York. And it was it was among the, the most hyped, biggest sporting events of the 1920s, a, a time when uh, commercialized sports in, in America really got into gear. Um, and the, the American horse, which um, was, was owned by an American oil man named Harry Sinclair. And um, he, he, people might've seen they still exist, but uh, more prevalent last century. But the, the dinosaur emblem um, for, for Sinclair Oil on, on the highways. But he was, Sinclair was being investigated for his central role in the Teapot Dome oil scandal while this, uh, while the hype was building. And it, Americans were, or sports fans anyway, racing fans uh, were, were, implicitly and, and explicitly kind of encouraged to cheer for the American horse against the, the British invader. The British had, had, had been the, the home of, of, uh, of horse racing. British felt that their 
their uh, their sport was far superior to to the American version. Um, but while while American horse racing, while this event was was getting all this attention in uh, in newspapers across the country, American readers were also reading about the, the horse's owner um, and and his involvement in this in this corruption, and it was uh, presumably created a, a a bit of conflict as they were they were wanting to cheer for. Uh, uh, the American horse, but in doing so, they had to, to kind of um, at least momentarily excuse the the uh, actions of its of its owner. Did um, what is first of all a, a question about what is a match race, and two a uh, hundred thousand uh, dollars to the winner? Uh, th- that in the again the sport of kings doesn't sound like a great deal of money for one race, maybe, maybe because back then it was, uh, today it might not be. So uh, what about those two questions? A, a match race is a, is a race between two horses, whereas most, most uh, races that, that you see, you have a, have a full field. A uh, match race is just, is just one horse against another. It, 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 they were popular uh, with, with fans and, and, and gamblers because they produced a, a winner loser situation but um, some racing officials thought they were more uh, more of a spectacle than, than legitimate racing because horses tend to have running styles that either they're, they're they like to be on the lead or off the lead and, and having just one one horse um, one opponent kind of takes takes a horse out of out of its uh, comfort zone and oftentimes the horse that gets the lead uh, will will maintain it um, but the, yeah the, the the purse was for a hundred thousand dollars it was the biggest um, biggest prize ever ever offered for for a horse race at the time and um, eighty thousand dollars to the winner twenty thousand to the loser which w- was part of the package that that enticed the the owner of the english horse to to make the journey um august belmont uh, belmont the, the second was um in charge of, of racing in new york and and he was looking for a a a spectacle uh to to generate some some positive press for american racing at a time when uh, it had only been a, a few years before that that uh, racing was was severely threatened in in the United States and it had been reduced to just really a couple major jurisdictions as uh, progressive reformers had had outlawed gambling, outlawed racing in in state after state. Uh, so it was the 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 carrot to to attract the the English horse was. In part, the the purse money. In part, um, the, the promise to to share film rights, which were were, were becoming a a major deal. And the the owner of the English horse was, by the standards of of British racing, of 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 relatively modest means. It was a sport that was uh, largely controlled by 
aristocrats and captains of, of industry over there. And he was uh, not a poor man, but, but he was a, a farmer and a caterer and had a, had a very small stable and was kind of condescended to uh, by, by some of the, the, the movers and shakers in, in British racing. And so he, he, he wasn't embraced by that establishment. Uh, the British, uh, British racing figures thought, well, why would you send a horse to America? They don't, they, they, their horses are inferior, they're race on dirt. Uh, that's not what horse racing is, but he 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 felt well. They're they're going to pay me a lot of money, and uh, I'm I'm happy to happy to go uh, to to send my horse to see what he can do. The uh, in the description of the book um, that uh, that the University Press uh, sent me uh, uh, says that you write. Uh, let me just read this one uh, a few words. Uh, your writing in this book exposes the central role of politics, money, and ballyhoo in the jazz age resurgence of the sport of kings. You've told us uh, a little bit about um, the resurgence uh, of the race and, and the importance, but talk a little bit about, if you will, the the, the politics and the money uh, and, and this ballyhoo of the of the jazz age, if you will. Well, the the politics and the money is is in some sense tangential um sinclair's role in in uh, well in 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 american politics was related to his his money in that he was uh he was helpful in 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 getting warren g harding um uh, nominated and elected and creating the the uh, or, or benefiting from the, the the new political economic landscape in the in the wake of World War One and in the the, the Roaring Twenties, so he was Sinclair was entering the the horse business. Um, at a, he wanted to, to build the the biggest um, the biggest best. Racing stable and, and equine operation in the in the country or or in the world, um, and some of the some of the figures that that, that uh, were involved in the in the Teapot Dome scandal and in the the corruption of the Harding administration were were uh, also involved in 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 racing and he he was he didn't discriminate between Republicans or Democrats he was happy to facilitate whoever uh, whoever would be would be helpful um, but the the ballyhoo uh, I think re- refers to the the growing world of, of American commercialized sports in that um, the sports writing was becoming a, a major component of of newspapers which were which were growing and this this event the 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 race of the century um was at least the the attention paid to it was was a product of of this uh, of the sports writing industry and it, as it turned out I, I not to spoil the 
the the end of the book, but the the race itself wasn't much of a race. It was uh, it, it had rained for two days uh, before the the, the the track was very sloppy. The the uh, British horse had never run on uh, on dirt, let alone on on sloppy mud. Um, and and though the the, the and the, the British horse's name was Papyrus, and Papyrus came came over with his with his trainer a, a month early and had um, had had trained okay and 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 drew big crowds to uh, to watch him work. But he was he was very much up against it given the uh, uh, given the conditions. So the, the 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 hype was was as is often the case with with major events, sporting or otherwise. The, the hype greatly exceeded the the action on the on the track, but the but the significance um, wasn't diminished because the, the the positive attention that the that the sport received across the country really um, you know, helped helped convince people that well maybe this uh, this horse racing isn't just a den of of depravity and and a playpen for the for the rich and and uh, maybe maybe it's okay. Where was uh, Zev bred? Um, where 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 was um, was it here in um, in Lexington? Yeah, he was bred by uh, John Madden and uh, at at, um, at Hamburg Place. And you'll have to remind me of a. a, a a well-known uh, uh, but now forgotten uh, African American jockey who went to work for Madden and uh, and trained several of uh, of Madden's uh, Kentucky Derby winners and and other uh, well-known racehorses. Well, there was William Walker was a was a a jockey and and then became a, a kind of a, an advisor to to yeah. Madden and, um, and and Madden would. He was a really energetic guy and, and a, a, a visionary in his in his horsemanship. And but he would sometimes he'd be training, sometimes sometimes he'd stop the training and and, and hand off the horse to other people. And at, at various times, uh, Walker was one that was that was training his horse. Yeah, well, the uh, the book is uh, Racing for America: The Horse Race of the Century and the Redemption of a Sport. Our guest today on the podcast is James Nicholson. He's written some other books, uh, and uh, I have some other questions for him. But first, we'll pause for a brief word from our terrific underwriter, Spalding University. At Spalding University's School of Creative and Professional Writing, students develop mastery of the writing skills, highly prized in today's workplace, including arts and humanities organizations, government agencies, corporations, and small businesses. A professional writing student will explore opportunities writing for trade and consumer media, including reviews, profiles, interviews, and articles for sports, food, travel, health and science, and other publications. Learn more at spalding.edu slash school of writing or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu. Okay, James, uh, let me just ask you uh, about uh, one of the other books, uh, maybe just because of the title, um, your um, book, The Notorious 
John Morrissey, how a, a, a bare knuckle brawler became a congressman and founded Saratoga's race course. Now, tell me about John Morrissey. He was a, a, an interesting character, as the as the title might suggest. He uh, he came over from Ireland as a as a child, um, and grew up in in Troy, New York, but then made his way down to New York City, where he he got involved with with gangs. Um, if the gangs of New York movie. Um, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio character vaguely based on him, but that, that'll give you an idea of his, of his world and gang life led to involvement in, in gambling. Um, and, and he got, became associated with the Tammany Hall political machine. And that, that landed him a, a spot in Congress and he was, Fairly literate, um, he. Uh, but his well, his his uh, his association with with Tammany, in addition to the fact that he was a, a, a heavyweight boxing champion, um, he, he he became became famous and, and made a name for himself in in bare knuckle boxing. But yeah, became a, a congressman and uh, opened casinos in. In New York City, which were illegal, but but winked at, and and then in the summertime followed the the the, the crowds to Saratoga to, to facilitate their gambling, and then uh, related to that um, began a, a race meet there in 1863, in the middle of the Civil War. Um, that was was successful enough that uh, the following year, with some more legitimate partners and, and front men, they, they built the uh, facility that's that's across the road from where he he ran his his first meet, um, and that's that's still there today. Um, James, you um, you have such a varied background. You you teach uh, history. Um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, history of the United States, history of Kentucky, um, Supreme Court decisions uh, in American history. I mean, there's there's a lot here. Um, you're you're still teaching the history of the United States uh, at Bluegrass Community and Technical College. Do you think do you think your writing uh, skill uh, will take you? into other writing um, or are you going to stick with horses? That's a good question. I don't, I would, um, I guess I'll just, I'll follow wherever the, wherever the stories lead me. Um, I, I did, I did attempt to, to tiptoe away from, from horses. Um, the, the book before this last one. And um, it, it was uh it was called uh, 1968, a pivotal year in American sports, which is was still um, sports related. But um, I, I suppose the, the 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 part I'm I'm interested in is is the the intersection between politics and power and 
and the the games that we that we watch and that we that we participate in and and so um on one hand i i suppose i don't i don't really think about um i don't consider myself just a, just limited to horse racing but but the the from what i found the the, the stories there are just so um so rich as i said before the the, the fact that horses can't speak for themselves um they can't speak for themselves people have to speak for them leaves a, a fascinating trail to me and there's also in in horse racing i i i can't think of another realm where there's there are more different different elements of society different different uh, economic uh strata different kinds of people different different backgrounds different purposes different agendas uh all all operating the same time and place than than in in horse racing and the fact that it's that it has such a long history tracing change over time you know baseball and and boxing would, would be the others I, I suppose but horse racing's got an even longer history it's just a it's a good a good canvas I did not know of your book um, on 1968 in in, uh, in sports. Uh, uh, that is uh, that's a celebrated year in in many ways. I would imagine that uh, the sports that you write about also meld uh, in with the politics that were going on, uh, the Vietnam War, um, uh, other things too. Just give me a brief uh, description of of some of the. The work that you did in in that now uh, th this is I'm probably gonna this is a guess on my part without any research uh, w was that an Olympic year? Uh, it was. It was the Mexico City. And and is that when John Smith and um, and and uh, others uh, raised their fit? Right. Well, what a what an iconic uh, picture uh, that has always been in 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 anyone's life that remembers that. And uh, and then celebrated uh, to to some degree. In fact, I think uh, maybe it's John Smith. Uh, they're they're still uh, alive and and doing interviews about uh, about that uh, Olympic year coming up uh, this summer. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you found and and why that was of interest to you. Well, it was and it was yeah it was published by University of Tennessee Press. Um, it, it was. I found it interesting because it seemed that at every, nearly every major sporting event, the the, the discord and division and tension that was being manifested and played out in, in American streets and in American politics was visible um, on the on the playing fields, or at least in the ways that uh, sports writers were were writing about them, it, it, it was as if the this the, the the tension was in the air, and that's what what people saw in the in the major events from a um, from a disqualification at the at the Masters, the disqualification. Um, 
at the Kentucky Derby to the, the, the Mexico City Olympics to the World Series where uh, I'm drawing a blank, the, uh, the, the blind singer from Puerto Rico. Um, Jose Feliciano. Jose, Jose Feliciano. He, he sang the, uh, the, the national anthem yeah. and was, was booed yeah. uh, because, because it was untraditional. But every seemed, seemed like at every turn there was uh, yeah. sport imitating life, or at least that's what, that's what the people who are covering it were seeing. Yeah. Well, that, that's a, that's another, uh, wow. What, what a, what a time period that was. And in many ways that was only a short time ago when you're writing about, uh, many of your, uh, subjects are, are, are way back in the 1800s, but, uh, James Nicholson, uh, good luck with your writing and, and your next, uh, um, uh, book that I do. Do you have an idea of what you're, are, what are you writing now? Are you, are you preparing something in the, again, horse related? I'm I'm in the in the early stages. Yeah, looking at another another horse uh, in the early 20th century who who won the won the Kentucky Derby, then got hurt and was turned out in the field for two and a half years, and uh, and came back to the, to the top of the top of the sport. Uh oh, that sounds like a uh, a made for TV movie or a made for. Netflix or Prime uh, movie. Uh, good luck with that. And thanks for uh, being with us today. And I, I want to uh, tell people that uh, you've been to the book festival before, and, and I hope uh, uh, you're planning on returning uh, uh, to the book festival uh, this year. We've got our fingers crossed that it's going to be a live event, so you can come out and, uh, and talk with uh, James about uh, horse racing or history uh, or 1968, many things, and uh, appreciate you being our guest today. Thank you, Bill. It's my pleasure. For Think Humanities Podcast, I'm Bill Goodman. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.